Welcome to another episode of Peter vs. Peter. I am Peter, or Zuma, <laughs> or Peter. <laughs> and I am Peter, a.k.a. Tomikins. And it has been too long. Yeah, you know. I We could do it bi-weekly, right? Right, yeah, I know. It's kind of bi-weekly-ish, I guess. Monthly? <laughs> it, it has been a month, literally. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that. Yeah, this is fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> What is what is the meme of the dog on fire in his house? Like this is fine. <laughs> uh, okay. On that morbid note. Have you not seen that meme? I have not seen this meme. It's literally like it's a dog drinking coffee in his house and the house is like catching on fire and he's just drinking the coffee and then like the last panel goes, This is fine. <laughs> God. Okay. Sure. Uh, I'm going to send that to you. Okay. Let's see. Okay, Tama, what have you been playing? It's been so long. Um, I've been playing, let's see, a handful of fun board games. Um, I at least got one board game I'm going to recommend later and then one definite video game I'm recommending later, but I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. I want to wait. I want to wait to say that at the end cuz I feel like every time we do this I say what I'm playing, and then I just recommend what I just said earlier. So, we'll wait on that. Uh, I have been playing a lot of League, trying to rank up again. Um, that was... Then I'm doing okay-ish in that endeavor. Um, but yeah, I have a, a few board games I got about way back when from um, from Dice Tower Con, and I've really enjoyed them. Uh, so let's like one the one I'm gonna recommend, uh, King Domino, which was the Spiel des Jahres winner. Yeah. Um, that that game's actually really fun. For uh, the Spiel des Jahres games are well, typically they are like the best game. It's also usually like a kids, very very kids or family friendly game. Mm-hmm. So generally it tends to be not too deep, and it isn't. It, it definitely fits that category, but it's actually really, it, it's way more fun than I thought it would be for being that simple. I really like it a lot. Oh, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I have a game I haven't played yet. I just got called Zaya. It's older though, called <laughs> Zaya: Legends of a Drift System, um, where basically it's a sandbox space game, and essentially it's like you're playing Firefly, but not in Firefly. But you can basically be a merchant ship, or you can be a trader, or you could be a smuggler, or you could be a pirate and just hunt people, and get victory points and be famous. And roll dice, like lots of dice. Like almost everything is done by dice rolls. If you roll a nat 20, you get a victory point just because Ooh. you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Right? I have, I really want to try it out. Um, I'm afraid the luck the luck element might be too strong because I'm pretty sure this, the one of the criticisms I've heard is that the game doesn't have any, um doesn't really have any mitigation for the dice. So you really are stuck with what you roll. And it's a little <laughs> bit, it's kind of roll and move oriented. So you could like get upgrade your engines to like a D twelve dice and then roll like a two and just slip sit there. So <laughs> that so I it's up I'll have to see how it works. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's cool. uh, okay. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. <clears throat> Let me see. I have a couple things. Um. Okay. So I got new graphics card in my computer. I don't know if I talked about that the last time we were. <laughs> No. No. Oh, help help my friend build a computer. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. 
Uh, I've been on the show before. Esteban, do you remember him? Abel. Yeah, yeah Abel. Oh, uh, that was super awesome not being there. I Sorry, I know. Uh, I need this new job as soon as possible. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's coming. This new job is coming. So I'm very happy, very excited. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Okay, so I've been playing a bunch of things on Steam. So I got a brand new shiny GTX Titan 1080. Uh, not Titan, 1080 Founders Edition. Uh, pretty much one of the best graphics cards you could get. Uh, yeah. So okay. So I bought um, <clears throat> Dishonored Two. That game is super hard. Fuck Ooh. that game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it a lot. It's just really hard. I don't have the time to really get into it. Uh, I've been playing Dying Light because apparently they add free DLC every month, and I haven't played in about a year. So I was like, let me retry this. That cool. game is still really good. That game is so good. Um, especially the co-op. I never felt I never had co-op in like a game like that before cuz it's still like kind of like drop in drop out, but it's just it's perfect. Um what else? This is me blinking. Uh <laughs> I've been playing Mutants and Masterminds, the tabletop game. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Thanks. Super it's super fun. It really like I really like the way you could like make anything you want pretty much like total freedom in like powers and how you could make your character um plus the campaign's really good and like i'm playing like a like a smart ass god of life and death it's pretty good it's just it's perfect it's everything i wanted in the game so <laughs> um and then uh yeah and way too much league of legends earth has ruined my life Really? I just played an Earth game and reminded why I don't, like, play Earth games. I fucking love Earth. Because I'll go and, like, I'll, like, we'll lose, whatever, but I'm still having fun. Like, <laughs> you just can't take it too seriously. Because if you take it too seriously, that's not the point of Earth. The point of Earth is, like, doing things with a champion you can never do before, and then wishing you could play Sona, but she's obviously been banned from the entire game type. Because <laughs> uh, you literally could... just face roll her. I mean, you face roll everybody. Like, have you seen Malzahar in that game type? It's bad. Oh my god. It's bad. <laughs> Jeez. He can take down towers because he, he can, like, constantly spawn adds. So he's just, like, he's just taking down towers by himself. Uh, it's so good. And, uh, hmm. That's about it. No. Oh, I've been playing some mobile games. Uh, oh, and my recommendation. I've been playing my recommendation, too, but, uh, you know. No, I'm talking about that. Because uh, it's a recommendation. Uh, mobile games. Uh, Magic Curve Jump. That thing's amazing. Uh, there's a mobile game called Dice Mage, where you play as a mage and you roll dice to attack people. It's like a mini RPG. It's super fun. Uh, cool. And then um, one other game I've been playing called Adventure Express. It's like one of those like bejeweled games. Uh -huh. um, but it's like... It's a bejeweled game, but you're... it's a bejeweled RPG made by Adult Swim, and you're just like fighting orcs and monsters and stuff. But you're like a you're a mailman, and you're trying to deliver mail, and all these monsters keep on getting in the way. It's really funny. Nice. Uh, and uh, that's it. Huh. Cool. Very cool. Man. Okay, so let's get into the news. Cool. Hey, let's let's read this document. Oh wait. Zuma, would you love look, to tell the audience at home what happened to our doctor? Look, we can't be <laughs> like I'm not perfect. 
let's see. Uh, let's just like let's just loosely go through this. Did you see that Hearthstone music video? Hearthstone. I have not seen this Hearthstone music video. It is so fucking cute. Oh my god. It's like five minutes of them singing about how much they love Hearthstone. It is. It makes me want to play Hearthstone, but then I realize I haven't played in a year, and then I'll have to like put a hundred dollars in the game just to catch up. Just to play. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with it. It's kind of like Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no, um, it's not. You shut your face. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, oh, 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 one other thing from um from Blizzard, the my video, the my animated short, which is oh depressing. yeah the Holy that, crap, that, that's that video took a way darker turn than i thought it was going to it makes I, i've heard it makes you it makes you hate may less if you play overwatch <laughs> what was the meme it was all like blizzard put the devil in all of its games and then it's like all the devils and then it's my may it's like playing yasuo oh fuck you uh, anyways um oh my god so i was playing earth <laughs> I was playing Earth and I got Yasuo, and you know how much I hate Yasuo. Um, who was it? It was Blitz. Blitz was like sending me messages like, "Thought you hated Yasuo, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Shut up." Nice. <laughs> he was just teasing me throughout that whole game, and I was doing awful. It was just so bad. I just don't like Yasuo. He's <laughs> like impossible. How do you get that tornado thing off? Not on Earth. I mean, when Q is on a two-second cooldown, I can understand, but then like. I'm gonna stop complaining. I'm gonna stop. I don't. don't I don't know. Don't, let's not talk. Yasuo. <laughs> uh, just. Uh. uh. Let's see. Uh. Oh. There. Okay. Uh. Let's. Let's go into League of Legends talk. <clears throat> did you? Did you get a chance to play the Star Guardians PVE on the, the PVE on map? On the PVE. On... No, yes. I have not. I wanna. I can't wait for it to come out, though, because I'm looking forward to it. looks like a lot of fun. Okay, I did. It is super fun. It's also it's also pretty challenging if you don't have good teamwork. I've heard it's, I've heard it's hard, especially the last part, but like the Crazy Rift Herald. Uh, you know what it reminds me of, the Crazy Rift Herald? It reminds yeah. me of the Titan ma- match in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh jeez! Oh geez. oh my god! Oh, it's just Titan. like oh, it's oh, like Titan. No, <laughs> it's bad because it's all like oh no, everybody move over here now. Okay, everybody oh, move t- over here. Titan. No. Okay, everybody move over here now. Everybody get behind this wall. Everybody get behind this pillar. And then and then someone every- kills all and the then Everything gets crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. But it's League of Legends. It, it, it took me aback because it's something so radically different than they that they've ever done, and it's such a good experience overall. The yeah, maps like, are nice. It's like when they made a Nexus Siege. That game was actually a lot of fun because it was just very different. I never, I never got, I didn't get a chance to play the um. Uh, this one isn't as different, but the Dark Star mode where like you were just all thrashes <laughs> hooking each other and everything. Yeah. But the the difference between this new one and that those are like this is a completely new map from the ground. Yeah, that that's where, a lot of effort. Yeah, and this is like, and those were like, oh, let's take this map, add some things, break it apart, right? And it's but cool. The map like, the map is like it's modern. You know, it's like a modern day. It's not fantasy. It's not like a fantasy world. It's almost like a mo- it's a modern or current day type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and the cool part is you can only play as the Star Guardians, right? The the nine of them, I think there is now. And then, uh-huh. um, and they always have their skins. Do they always have their skins? I wasn't sure about that part. Always have their skins. Okay. Uh, so if you wanted to try out a skin for something, there you go. Uh, I played. Who did I play? I played Misfortune. I played the ADC, so it was like Misfortune. Uh, and I played Jana one game. Um, I feel like support is really tough in that. Um, I bet it would be. Yeah, but it's it's so needed. Those heals are so needed. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, support Raka and Jaina. That's true. Yeah, but um, like misfortune. I was trying so hard. It's just like I kept on getting destroyed. The mages, the mages are probably the best because they could kill the most, the fastest. But you need like, you need the ADCs to like kill things, like the bigger things quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'll pop my ult and everything will jump out the way, and it's like, what am I doing right now? Why is there a giant crab stunning me in the ground? <laughs> that sounds really fun. I can't it's wait to play super it. fun. It should be coming out soon. So, and the skins are nice. Cool. So, um, uh, actually, further in the talk of mobas, there is something I wanted to talk about. Um, the Dota Two Invitational, I think, happened sometime after we talked. Yeah, what and, happened with that? Oh, I don't care. I don't care about Dota. But what they did do was they pit the best player in the world against um, Elon Musk's um, open AI. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, And the best player, okay, the best player I understand for Dota 2 was Dendi. And I think he's, I think he is one of the best players. It's basically the faker of Dota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this, this open AI basically had two weeks, a week or two weeks to learn Dota and it just played 1v1 matches against, against itself, which apparently was really interesting for them to watch because a lot of it stood with them just walking into turrets and then walking aimlessly around the map, not getting there, and then staying in base. And then, like, it is a, it gradually had to learn, but, um, by the, but when it faced Dendi, um, it wrecked him. It absolutely wrecked him. And I watched, I watched that 1v1. Now, granted, this is same champion 1v1, so there's not a whole lot of strategy going on. It's really down to execution. But, yeah. Man, that 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 AI just does it. It clearly, oh, it clearly um, only fires when it's optimal. Dodges everything. It's it's nuts. It when it when it went to lane. It perfectly packed in front of its own minions, walking in a very slanted zigzag fashion to slow the minions down perfectly so that, like, the enemy, the other minions would crash into turret. Like, That's not fair. It, it is, it's crazy. It was legit. Like, you can see Dendi doing it, too, but maybe at, like, 50% effectiveness that this, that this AI was doing it at. So, you know, AI overlords are coming, just so, just so we're all aware. But it was actually it was really interesting to watch. Again, you know, put this AI into an actual full-on 5v5 match, I'm sure it won't perform nearly as well. And there's way too many variables to account for. But it was still impressive to see it in this 1v1 scenario. I like how last week Elon Musk was all like, "AIs is a problem. We must like we must stop it right now." And then he's like, "But here, let me just put it in Dota real quick. Just... <laughs> Let's see what happens. Just check this out." <laughs> 
so bad. That's like um um Facebook made a AI for like customer support, like a chat AI, mm-hmm. and then they put two the same AI talking to each other, and like they were just like going back and forth for a week, and then they started making their own language. <laughs> and that's when Facebook was all like, "This has gone too far." <laughs> Facebook does not want to be Skynet. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty <laughs> much what's going on. That's creepy. Um, okay. All right. So no. let's see where where are we at here. Um, are we gonna hit the board game news? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go- oh well, I just want to. Okay, tabletop game real quick. Uh, D and D Beyond launched. I don't know if you knew this. Uh-huh. Their their digital web companion app. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard about this. Is that what it's called? D and D Beyond. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna look for it. It's super cool. You have to pay to get past level two. Um, but it pretty much has like a compendium and everything, which is really nice. The only thing I don't like though, it's all web based, and there's no, as far as I could tell, there's no like phone app. Uh, which is like, why wouldn't you make a phone app? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You could always go to the website on your phone, but I just want an app. <laughs> just give me an app. I feel like that would be like the main the main purpose of it, but hmm, that's too bad. Maybe they plan on doing it eventually, but so far it's super cool. It has everything you need to know, monsters and stuff. Um, I wouldn't mind paying for it if I was still like DMing a D&D 5th edition campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... There's a whole bunch of free services that do the same thing, so it's like it's hard to unless it's justify. like yeah, unless it's vastly superior than the free one I'm using on my phone right now. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I I have ha- I have heard it's pretty darn good. <clears throat> yeah, there's just only so much you could do. Yeah, fair. Anyway, okay, board game news. What was it? Gen Con. Gen Con happened this past week. Lots of things were announced. Um, lots of things did really well. Uh, let's see what what did really well. Um, I know um, Renegade Games announced a new Clank, um, Clank in Space. That went that did that did really really well. Um, if you haven't played Clank, it is a deck builder with a board, uh, with a pressure luck mechanic. Which it sounds and it seems like this one really slows it down a lot more, hmm. but it was real. But it's really cool. Um, but it's basically it, it keeps you from having to, being able to rush end of the game, so it slows it down a bit. But that it's still really good. So it seems like it's it was pretty well received. So Restoration Games, which specializes in restoring old games. Um, let's see. Hold on. So, um. It released a few, like three big games this year: Stop Thief, Downforce, and what was the other one? I can't remember the other one. Um, but I know, but I know those games all did really well. I myself pre-ordered Downforce. I was I uh, played that at Dice Tower Con. That was a lot of fun. Um, like racing with a bidding mechanic. Huh. They also announced. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um. They also announced the newest game they're going to restore, and it is uh, the game they're restoring is Fireball Island. If um, what if is you, that? Di- that sounds okay. amazing. Fireball Island was this old game that came out the year I was like born. Man, I, 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 I got this game I believe in a garage sale, 
and I love it. Um, I use I loved it. It was like it had like real um, it had like it like had really three D terrain and like a a fireball that actually like rolled down paths and stuff. Uh, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Hold on, I'm gonna I want to attach it to you so you can actually see this. Uh, no, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this. A team speak. That's fine. I'll re-googled it. Okay, hold on. Oh, yeah. that looks amazing. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Original 1986 box cover and everything. Oh, my Man. God. I am I am stoked because I I loved this game as a child. The Gatting from Griff's Sword is just like the coolest thing. My mom remembers this game, too. So the fact that they're they're restoring this game. Oh, man. I'm, I mean, like right now, I am I here typing. That is me filling in the Kickstarter notification so I know what it comes <laughs> Okay, so you like you move around the board and then like random fireballs go down the lanes? I think so. Okay, gotta remember, I was I was like really young. I was not into board gaming, so I don't really remember how all this worked. But yeah, it was like that. Like you're in some lanes if you were too close the fireball would run you over and then you have to like restart and there are these cards and I'm looking at this little like octagonal disc or hexagonal disc that I remembered used to play there were rubies involved as well. Like it, it it's it, it's it's all vaguely come back to me. <laughs> I can't wait for this to like be to come out and then like Reddit to get a hold of it and repaint it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, Restoration Games does a great job of um, restoring old games and like making the, like giving them either changing up their rules or giving them a new um, oh indulgence it is indulgence okay giving them a new um, a new skin or a new rule set or if maybe just refreshing it giving it a new look uh, indulgence is the other game from Restoration Games that got really popular um, it was it's a trick taking game um, I guess it's called Dragon Master before. So mm -hmm. yeah, but anyways, all these all uh, so far, Restoration has been hitting out of the park. Um, who's also been hitting out of the park and with an R is Renegade Games, who did things like Clank as well. Uh, but on top of that, um, Final uh, not Final Fantasy, duh. Fantasy Flight, Fantasy Flight Games, one of the biggest names in board gaming, made some pretty huge announcements. Um, pretty damn huge. So. First off, they announced they're going to be making a new um, Civilization game based off of the recent Civilization VI art and everything. It actually looks really cool. Um, yeah, it looks really good. There is currently... Civilization games, building games, are not uncommon in board gaming world. The most popular of which is called Through the Ages. Um, but this game looks... I, I mean, Through the Ages, from what I understand, is just very slow. So you have to really be in for that game. I I feel like this Civilization game will do will be better. So I'm actually I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be really, really fun. Uh, it also has a lot of the mechanics from Civ Six, which, by the way, I've been playing a lot of Civ Six. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> it is so good. Civ Six. Oh man, I actually wish I could. I want to start playing that again. Um. Okay. Next. Um, well, a new a new Civilization came out. Uh, it is. Oh a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. Uh, um, yeah, it's super good. They're oh my god, they're so good. They get <laughs> like really they get high ranked archers really early on, mm -hmm. and the ranked archers can shoot from three tiles away, and they're the only unit that that can do that. So like, 
the strategy I've been seeing everybody do uh, is, like, get a whole bunch of these archers, because they're super cheap, right? Just get, like, 10 to, like, 20 of them, and then just level them up all the way to modern age, so they're, like, snipers. <laughs> they could, like, shoot guns from, like, three squares away. Oh, uh, man. So good. Because they keep all their um their personal traits um as you level them up. So they'll become modern, but they still have their original traits, so... That is nuts. It's nuts. Oh man. Um. Okay. Sorry. Um. Uh. Fantasy Flight. So the next thing that they made is, or they announced, they're going to announce a Fallout game. So they're going, they are announced Fallout the board game. It is going to be based off of the common, off of the um Commonwealth, right? Yeah, the Commonwealth. Probably what Fallout. Uh, Fallout four. Four. Yeah. Four. It's Fallout three. four. Sword. Yeah. Fallout four. So it's uh based off the Fallout four world. Um, and it looks really fun. There is a, I mean, I'm just gonna say really fun a lot. But um, it it's base, it's uh, hexagonal tiles, and from what I've seen, there is a very, very, very thick story deck, and that just gets getting bigger, um, depending on the missions that you take and the possible outcomes you choose. So it seems very story driven. So it looks, it looks like a lot of fun. It's fancy flight, so you know, at the very least, you're getting some really high production values. But even if you even besides that, their games are always have been pretty top notch. So hmm. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Um let's see. And then the biggest announcement in time for the twentieth anniversary, Twilight Imperium fourth edition. <laughs> I, I, oh, I had a feeling oh, you were about to oh, say yeah. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Why? Four, why, uh, why are you excited? Um love twilight imperium peter so i know it's a good game but like what's different about this one i'm not sure yet though to be honest i i'm waiting to hear gameplay and everything uh about it so i want to i want to know but i mean i don't see it i, I i'm i've heard it's going to be streamlined a lot i know the first the uh, the the first run of the game without expansions is going to have 17 playable races oh my so god it's already starting off strong. oh my god so well, it needs it needs a lot of stuff to uh to justify the $150 price price point. tag. It does. That is true. Um the streamlining is probably the biggest thing I've heard. Well hopefully it accelerates the game a little bit. There are some inconsistencies with the old game that I it don't like, though it is it's still pretty dang good. Um I actually do think the old game flows really well once you understand it. It just still takes forever. But um, but yeah, that is but that it's been twenty years since they first made it. Uh, third edition has kind of been the reigning king. It is literally no other. There has been no other game that has come close to accomplishing what Twilight Imperium has. There's no game you could if you if you tell me any game, I could probably find you a few games that are similar in theme and and how they feel when you play and so forth. Um, while there are some that are kind of similar none of them really reach what twilight imperium has it is literally a space opera and it's like you could say eclipse but eclipse mm -hmm. is really economy based way more than way more than um twilight imperium twilight imperium is, way, is longer of course and it's more balanced between war and strategy um huh. and i know there's exodus proxima centauri which i've heard <clears throat> It actually does a pretty good job of scratching the same itch in under two hours, but still, it doesn't still give the the good streamlined feel 
<laughs> of um of Twilight Imperium. So Twilight so Twilight Imperium is just like there's no it's hard to find a game that runs that long but still has people that invested and people like that much cuz what when games get that long usually there's too much complexity for complexity's sake and it doesn't it gets really boring to play as you go on. And I know people get bored playing Twilight, but I I just feel like it actually flows really well and it's not as complicated as it seems. It just it does just take a long, but you you like you lose that time when you're playing it. Yeah. You didn't realize that three or four hours just went by. So it's 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 something I really enjoy. I think it the game is pretty perfect for what it wants to be. So I'm excited to see what the fourth edition does. But you're right, it does have to justify that price tag. Um and we'll see what it does to change it up and improve upon it. Because it's already a third edition is is sat around for a while because it's already pretty optimized. So I'm not sure what else they're gonna do with it. Uh, oh, I want to add one thing. Have you seen the new board game called Bob Ross, The Art of Chill? I've heard about it. I haven't seen anything about it. Um, it looks like the greatest game ever. <laughs> uh, does it? Yeah, so, like, <clears throat> the point of the game is to get chill points, which is weird, right? Um, the, paint, the So you get chill points by painting paintings, right? So, like... It, there, there's a whole bunch there's a stack of paintings that bob ross has done and mm-hmm. all the paintings are like paint color combinations and brushes you need in order to to like paint that aspect of the painting so you're like you're drawing paint like art supply cards to get the right brushes and the right paints um so you could then use them up to get points by painting a part of the painting uh, that's okay <laughs> for me it's amazing. I don't know about everybody else. I'll have to look into it because I've I've seen reviews, so I'm gonna watch a review. And oh wow, it looks cool. Yeah, and it has like a little easel. That that is like if and you it... are if you're an art major <clears throat> or you like you like art at all, that looks like that's right up your alley. I'm gonna have to look at this up. It looks cool. The art of chill. That is just <laughs> hilarious. Oh man. Okay. Well, this might be something you and me played at some point, Pete. It... <laughs> Okay. Uh oh, anything else? Uh no, that's pretty that's the big news. Um, yeah, I can remember. You went through my entire Gen Con list. I have a list of Gen Con games too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah, no, I don't have anything else from Gen Con. Uh no, Plat Hat Games announced a storytelling game called Stuffed Fables. I heard good things about it. Ooh. Uh you play as like toys. <laughs> like it's toys coming to life. <laughs> So, Plat Hat Games knocks up out of the park, so that's pretty good. And then the um the the game board is actually a storybook. <laughs> oh, I'm so you at like this? Oh, this looks so cute! I know, right? Oh my gosh! Daring adventures in a wor- in a daunting world of nightmares. This looks very. Oh wow! I want this immediately. This <laughs> looks like the gate, like the movie Nine in a game. It does. It does. It, it does. Wow, this looks really cool. I'm gonna have to look into this way more. Um, it looks it looks a lot very mice and mysticy. And uh, from their like their product announcement, they said it's a product line. So this is obviously like the first in a large like set of games set in this world. So so cool. All right. Well, I'm very excited about it now. Um, I'm gonna add that onto find a a. 
play of that or something like that. Uh, I like the little elephant with the honeycomb. Uh, that is my favorite piece. Nice. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> let's go into our main subject for today, our top 10 gaming experiences. Yeah, so I had the idea of doing some top 10 lists. Kind of because I've been watching a bunch of Dice Tower top ten lists, so I thought, oh, oh, we should we should do stuff like this. So the um, this is some so this is I I had I got this idea directly from them to be fair, but um this is one list that they did they did top five gaming experiences. So this one spans a way we did it though spans a like a complete range of gaming. So we include video games and everything under the sun practically. I believe when we talked about it, Pete, the what we we drew the line at LARPing, which is something that you and I used to do. Uh, but we Oh, I have a lot of good LARPing experiences. I know. There's <laughs> I definitely have one or two I would have put on here if that if that was it. I kind of drew the line there cuz I thought it was a little LARPing feels a bit more athletic to me. Um so kind of so in the same vein I wouldn't have included any sports related like like of traditional sports related games. Um I did at least honorable mention I included an escape, uh, my first time in an escape room, so kind of I let that kind of be in scope. So that should have an idea of how I made the list. And I should point out that we don't we do not know what's in each other's list. So this no, is no, no. For each other. Okay. All right. So um, we're gonna start off with our number ten and work our way up. Um, yeah, and like my said, list is my list is still changing, so I might. It's still changing. <laughs> I I have a cheated eleven in here because I really wanted to put it in, but I didn't know I couldn't. I like I texted you later. I'm like, dang it! I just thought of another one, and then I couldn't. I really wanted to put it in my top ten, but I didn't okay. to put it in. So it's okay. Like honorary eleven. Okay, so what's your eleven? Just go. Okay, my honorary eleven is um in Final Fantasy fourteen when. Uh, me and my friend Philip and a, a few other friends and then random random pug players were doing the primal battle for Ifrit, which admittedly isn't too hard, but this is when the game first came out, so it's one of our first primal battles. Um, I was there. Yeah, you were there. I, th I thought you were there for this. So when we were doing this primal battle, um, people, everyone got wiped <laughs> except for me and Philip, and I am the healer. I am the white mage, and he was the paladin tank. We stood fighting Ifrit for a good solid 10, 15 more minutes, just back and forth, dodging everything, knowing, because, I mean, he could probably survive one or two things. I couldn't. So I was just healing him as much as I possibly could until what, until eventually I built up enough limit break to resurrect the party and then oh my defeated God. him. That I remember was just that. An epic, such an epic moment for us. I had... Oh, I, I remember, remember that I remember, I remember just like extremely exclaiming when we were done, like, oh my god, we did that. We two-man that fight. Oh. I, I remember that specifically because I had my limit break ready and then I died. Like, as I was like pressing <laughs> the button, I died. And then it was like, fuck, there's only two of you guys now. Oh, and I think, I think um, uh, Abel got his relic item from that too. The Ifrit. I think uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that, good. That that was that was a pretty great heroic moment. If none I, of us got our relic item from that, I would have been so pissed off. But because <laughs> so he bitter. got his, I was okay <laughs> with this. Uh, that was the, yeah. So yeah, those those epic MOBA mo uh, not MOBA um epic MMO moments I think are always fun. So that was 
that one always stood out in my mind. It's like, and then sometimes I even tell that to Philip. Hey, Philip, remember that man time with two man different? And I'm like, oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, man, such a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so what's your number ten? Okay, so my actual number ten, and this, I the reason this is number ten was I wanted to kind of be my baseline. I wanted, to, I wanted it to make sure that this is where I want to make sure everything succeeded this as I went up in how much I loved it or taught like how much of an important game experience it was for me. So my number 10 was probably my most recent one. This is Dice Tower Con 2017. This was my first, um, this is my first board gaming convention ever. Um, I don't know if I'll ever really be able to get to go to Gen Con or Origins or definitely not Essen. Um, so, or even Board Game Geek Con. So it's just one of those that I, do, I don't, I never think I'd be able to do. I'm usually stuck to like anime conventions, um, which are all right, but they're very different. Um, but this con was literally like my dream. Um, it was just a huge room of just people playing board games all day long. And you could just rent out any game you want. There were a couple designers there. I met one or two designers and they were really, really fun to talk to. Um, I really liked the Dice Tower and the content they put out. So I went to their uh, all their live shows and their top 10 list. They went, did a top 10 list of top 10 uh, bad games by great designers. That was really Oh, yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was really funny. And yeah. then... Um, Please refer to our previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then the Dice Tower Con Awards, and they did a game show. Like, And then I did two mega games while I was there. It was just endless board gaming and just it's very very relaxed and just going there to meet people and just sit down and play games one of my favorite things is that the huge board gaming hall that they had when you could just pick up these signs and the signs would say things like players wanted or teachers wanted so if you wanted to learn a new game and you just go find anyone and just sit down and play and it was it's really really cool how how um open everyone is willing to teach you games or willing to play with people so it was just Really, really fun and a very cool experience. Um, and I'm look one. I'm really looking forward to going back now, um, especially because I noticed that that convention tends to be a bit older in age, and there are a lot of families there, like couple, like married couples, and even and, uh, parents with their children. So it's one now that I'm a new father. I'd like in the next few years, I'd like to go back to and Aww. go with my family, and because it just seems like a, it would seem like it'd be a good time. And it's right, it's right here in Orlando, so it's really close by. Um, but yeah, number ten, uh, Dice Tower Con 2017, super fun. Thanks to Dice Tower guys for putting it on. That was that was great. <clears throat> oh, okay, so. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Okay. I wish I was there. Uh, let's not. I know. You'll come, you'll come not, next time. You'll let's not come bring next up time. Come old time. wounds. Um, actually, my top ten is also at a convention. Ooh, cool. Um, I think this was the 2008 uh, Necronomicon. Necronomicon is a kind of like Tampa's small tabletop convention. Um. It was like a horror-themed convention, and it just evolved into like old people playing board games all the time. Um, at that Necronomicon, though, I stumbled in in the lobby of the hotel room was a group of people playing a a <clears throat> Cthulhu version of Werewolf, <laughs> but they were there for a very long time, and I was like, "Let me jump in on this because I love Werewolf, right?" That's where I like my love for like Are You a Werewolf came from was from Necronomicon, but for I... from this experience, we played for almost twenty four hours straight. Really? 
Oh, oh yeah, huh. just kept on going like a core of ten people, and then like rotating cast. And the the best thing about Necronomicon is they have a con room which is like free food and free soda. So we just like did it there, and we literally like just nonstop by the like by like hour like twenty, right? I was just so tired. And we were playing, like, the most intense version of this game where we just couldn't, like, we couldn't figure it out. We couldn't nominate every, anybody. And I'm just, like, I got to know these people really well. And then it, like, suddenly clicked. Like, I just figured out everybody's role. I was all like, that guy's a werewolf. That guy's a cultist. That guy's a werewolf. Those guys are vigilantes because they keep, like, I was literally, like, I I figured out everything. It was, like... Like, my mind just, like, instantly just absorbed all the knowledge in the room. <laughs> and then I stood up, and I was all like, I figured it out. And I was like, you, 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 and you. And I, like, called everybody out, and then I sat down, and then they instantly nominated me and killed me. <laughs> what did you expect? What happened? <laughs> I was completely right. <laughs> and that was the point where I was like, I am going to bed. <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, it was it was it was so good. I just like remember, just like, oh my god, like just that sudden realization of just understanding this game too well. <laughs> That's really cool. Conventions, uh, I think, conventions are just are just ripe for great times and board in gaming experiences. So. But that was uh, that's that sounds like a fun story. Twenty four hours. That's it was, that sounds a lot for me. But that, oh but God. like saying that you did that, I think sounds like a cool accomplishment. Like I definitely like took a break to go eat something, but I went right back. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what's your number nine? All right, my number nine. Okay, so we're gonna switch over to video games here. Um, I only have two of these really. Only two, and these are uh. A, one-player game experiences. Typically, everything else involves other people because that's just the camaraderie of playing with other people. I think is just what usually make these experiences great. But that being said, there were at least two that I need to put down that were personal experiences. Um, so my number nine is in Valkyria Chronicles. Um, and in Valkyria Chronicles, and this is just an overall state of the game or thing that happened when I was playing the game. Mm -hmm. It's one of those games where I really invested in my own personal narrative. Um, so Valkyria Chronicles is this war, is this a uh, alternate reality World War One, one. I'll say one. World yeah, War I think one, it's one. World World War One game. Um, with like some magic in there, like one magic race, but it's re it's really for the most part it's pretty grounded. Um, in reality, but it was really you have this whole bunch of squad members, and there's a there's four or five, you know, voiced main squad members. Everyone's actually voiced a little bit, but there's four or five real main members of the story follows, um, with two in particular that are the protagonists. But then there's this whole side squad. And the side squad, like, gives you little hints and bios about themselves. But it also, everyone also has these unique abilities that, like, oh, if they're in the, this person's in grass fields, like, they're, they're walking on grass. They get a bonus of speed or their ability to dodge because they just love the grass or um, they like being on the dirt road that makes them feel like they're at home. So it, it's really cool how they had these personal abilities that stuck in that made their characters feel fleshed out. And I really got involved in some characters. And this is one of those games where like if XCOM made me feel this too, but in XCOM, if somebody made that I had spent a lot of time in died, 
I've restarted the game. Folks, to be frankly honest, I reloaded that game. Um, oh, no, no. I didn't, I didn't do it a few times in Valkyrie Chronicles. I mean, actually, I don't think I did that at all. In Valkyrie Chronicles, if someone died, I kind of let it be because I felt it just it worked in as part of the story. And it worked... There were a few times where um, some people fell, like, defending people that they actually, like, cared about or loved. And it was just really... It's and it just made for some really epic moments. Like there's this one, there's one character that was an engineer, so really just there to like refuel the tank and stuff, and yeah. let it shoot more than once. And the the game, the way the game story, like the way they flesh out the character a little bit, is that she's kind of coming out of the closet and she has um, feelings for the main girl protagonist. Um, in the story that I was in. This uh, uh, one of the story version I was playing in this mission, um, she through stuff that I can't reveal for plot reasons, um, she had to be evacuated out of the fight. So a lot of it was taking her. So it was once you got to her, just like retreating, um, and while the enemy pushed forward. So as they pushed forward, like there was to hold them back. I needed to leave her behind. Oh no! And I just knew this was not going to end well. So when she left, when she stood behind there, when they shot at her, she kept she kept ducking shots like you wouldn't believe. Like when someone shoots at you in the game, you have a small chance to actually like get to like go to ground and dodge the shots. Three or four people shot at her in an open field, and she ducked them every single time, and then returned fire and took out like three or four troops by herself this is an oh engineer God. an engineer <laughs> that did this until eventually finally falling to some, to enemy fire and then dying and it was just really emotional sad moment but i just felt it really fitting that she had this one epic moment of awesomeness defending the character that she had feelings for and the only and and she gave her life for it it was just really but and stuff like that was the one that's moment that stood out the most but other things like that from other characters in the squad the side characters i really got attached to and it was really cool how the mechanics brought out their personal narrative for me and i just really i've remembered that game for forever since then um the the, the main story is good too the main characters are great too don't get me wrong but there's it, how their ability to flesh out those side characters in a very meaningful way with very little I think was just in amazing, and that's my number nine. Oh, that's so hard. Okay, so my number nine is not as you know <laughs> life informing as that. It was actually a terrible moment in tabletop gaming for me, but overall, like, m- told me that this experience as a whole would be amazing. So okay, so my number nine is about Risk Legacy. <laughs> <clears throat> In Risk Legacy, a game where you have to play with the same people over multiple, multiple sessions. Every, uh, uh, Tom was there. Uh, everybody got, like, their own territory and, like, settled in in their own land. And me and our friend Carlos got into this war for Australia. <clears throat> so I had the most cities in Australia, and obviously I always started there. And then he decided he didn't like this idea, so... As one of the new packets opened in Risk Legacy, it was a nuke. (laughs) And what happened was, everybody dropped bombs on China, nuking China, creating a hazardous waste zone that just screwed me over for the rest of that game. (laughs) 
Except for... Except for, I got a new army of mutants. <laughs> that thrived in that zone, and were the only ones that could actually enter it. So you actually got, you actually ended up having the perfect defense for your entire army. But just like, everybody's like, I'm gonna drop a bomb here. I'm gonna drop a bomb here. Wait a second, guys. We just opened up a new packet. Total devastation. <laughs> That was that was really fun. I had to. Then admit. placing the giant hazmat sticker like over China. <laughs> oh, man, I've never been dicked over in a game it's so hard. It worked out for you though, but yes, yeah, that wasn't bad. That was that was that was cool. I I love Risk Legacy. That game is just so much fun. Uh, so good. That was like when you summoned all the aliens. Oh my god, that, <laughs> the the alien armada, and I just walked through the entire top half of the con- uh, continent with. Oh, that was fun. So good. Okay, what's your number eight? All right. My number eight is kind of a collective, but um, I, my number eight is just a bunch of l- different moments in League. I think League is just one of those games where people rage really hard because they're invested in it. And it's and I, that's one of my favorite things about League is while I get really pissed off at times at it, I get pissed off because I care about what's going to happen. So knowing that I'm actually that invested in the game is actually a very cool feeling. So that also makes the victories feel amazing. So um, a few things were getting out of bronze. Um, that was a big deal for me because it took like two, three years. So yes, I'm awful. Shut up. Um, playing ranked fives with my friends. That was uh, that was a good time. We got we played together for a year on the ranked five system, which is no longer there. But uh, three of my two of my real life friends and we found two other guys to play with. And we got together once or twice a week, and we started to make some real progress. Um, eventually, it did fall apart just because getting that many people together is really hard. Uh, but it was really fun. Uh, but And then lately, I've talked about my Vantage team. Playing Vantage games with them is really fun. It's it's rough when we lose, for sure, because you know we have place blame somewhere, and sometimes we get frustrated with each other. But those victories, man, are worth it. Those victories just feel really good when you know that you and your entire team work like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um. But well, the main one I wanted to talk about was this one epic time where, when defending our nexus, it got down to the wire. We saved our nexus with five HP left, and uh, Zuma was there for this. Oh my god! And, and we won. <laughs> we came back when our nexus was at five HP. And if you if you've ever played League, you know that is that is an insane feat. Um. I still can't believe that actually happened. I actually, I mean, I do know that once when the tower Nexus towers go down, enemy teams te- typically go full retard for your base. Instead of coming in a collective five-man wave and pushing forward and sieging just to get the little bits of damage they need to get onto a base, just like you would if you were being strategic, the minute your Nexus turrets are down, everyone starts thinking, I'm going to be the backdoor hero. And everyone just funnels in one at a time until they've given you so much time that your inhibitors come back. You now have a massive gold. You now have a lot of gold that you've caught up to them because they fed you kills. And then you can actually start to push back. More or less, that's what happened. But defending that oh next 5 HP, I couldn't believe it. I had to go oh my God. into the replay to see how low it went. And it really did go to 5. I think oh. I was playing Brand, and I got like a quadra kill with Brand like in our Nexus. Oh and that my. gave us just enough time to push. I was, and I think I was Ash, and I was just trying to unload as much DPS as I could to kill off the tanks. Oh. 
Oh my, and stunning to, oh wow, just, that was, that was an intense moment, that was when you and me, Pete, were just, oh yeah, we were just so pumped up after that win. Uh, so good. I don't think, I, it, it is hard for me to surrender games now, after having witnessed, after having actually done that. Like, it, it's hard to say this, you can't come back in a game when you come back from 5 HP Nexus. So that's my number eight, just a bunch of fun and memorable moments from League of Legends. Okay, so my number eight is a single-player experience, <laughs> um, and it's it's pretty much the uh, okay. So my number eight is the ending of Bioshock Infinite. Ooh, Infinite. Okay, I'm right, gonna so spoiler warning. Oh. Spoiler warning. Okay. Spoiler warning. We have to talk about. Have it. You, Sorry, guys. Have you played warning. Bioshock Infinite? I have. Yes. Okay. So at the end, when you're trying to save Elizabeth, and she teleports you through an alternate dimension that is literally um bioshock one. Oh, rapture yeah and then you like and then like she's talking about how like everything she says quote unquote uh it all starts with a lighthouse a man and a city and then like when i slowly realized that everything including bioshock one was just the same like the same group of people but a different timeline and different events that caused these people to like to act this way, it blew my mind. <laughs> like blew my mind. Cause it's like, oh, so that means um <clears throat> you the person you're playing, um oh man, I forget the main character's name. Uh DeWitt, yeah, DeWitt. is Comstock. Booker DeWitt. Booker DeWitt. Yeah. Booker DeWitt is Comstock. He's mm-hmm. also Jack and Andrew Ryan. Like <sighs> just blew my mind and like and it brought both games together in a whole package that i didn't expect out of out of this game and it's also like a beautiful game and it's just a really good experience but the ending just pulls it all right back together um i'm glad you liked that because i really liked it too i didn't know i didn't actually come to that realization about andrew ryan and then but uh, yeah but no i you're right though i do it is a beautiful game as bioshock unfortunately it, when it's underwater, I think the grimy tones of the the color tones start to get to you a bit. So it's nice to see a bright color palette from Infinite. But like, it, it goes even further than that. So like, okay, so Dewitt is Andrew Ryan, right? So that means like Atlas is Daisy uh, Fitzroy, like the like the leader rising up. They're possibly even the same person. Like, it just it feels so good. And then um in the in the dlc of bioshock infinite it's revealed that in bioshock one elizabeth is the one that hands you your card right before the plane crashes what <laughs> you didn't know this i didn't play the oh i didn't play the dlc oh my god it's gosh. so good it's so it just it brings everything back together and it like it was like man i'm just gonna replay bioshock one now and then skip two because two is garbage but like <laughs> Uh, just so good. Those, and it it's sad that we're not gonna get another Bioshock game, but where do you go from there, right? Yeah. They wrapped it up pretty pretty beautifully. That that is really cool. That's see one of those like those moments <clears throat> in gaming. It's just oh my word, They're like you just jaw drops because they just they just plot twisted you. That's awesome. Uh, and then like finding out that the the Latrec twins are actually the same person. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so good. There, oh man, those are some good characters. That game is so good. I will, I 
I don't like replaying games because I don't like tainting the first experience I had with that game. Is that mm-hmm. is that hard to understand? No, I don't so think like, so. yeah, so like, I'm never gonna really play that game again, and it's never gonna be as good as the first time. But like, man, because I I tried playing Bioshock Infinite again, it just wasn't the same. But it's just like I just remember that game so fondly. So that's cool. Very very cool. Awesome. Okay, what's your seven? All right, my number seven. Uh, involves you again, Zuma. Oh, okay. Um, my number seven is the year-long D and D campaign where I was a DM. That. <sighs> that can we, can we save this? Because I have this higher up on my list. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah, I do. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll. Sa- I'll. I'll talk about it more. But that was a. That was a fun time for me. First time DMing, and it was cool. All right, my number seven D and D campaign is a DM. Okay, we we will save that until we get to it on my list, which okay. is actually really high up on my list. Sweet, awesome. <clears throat> okay, my number seven is uh, Magic the Gathering, uh-huh. <clears throat> but specifically the Scars of Mirrodin pre-release. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay, so me and my friend Tom, uh, shout oh, out to Tom. That's... Oh, go ahead. Go. I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so me and my friend Tom played in a two-headed giant. Yeah. Uh, game uh like pre-release game and we're like trying to build decks and like i did some research but i wasn't like really big into magic at the time and then i was like i'm just gonna go full control and you should just go full poison because poison counters were the rage right Mm -hmm. and then he he pulls he like opens up his cards and he's like skitherix i was like oh my god that's a bomb like that is the best card in the set we're gonna win and his next pack was black sun zenith and i was like (laughs) we got this there's no way we can lose this game and then he's like but this card is garbage cue in like the 10 minute fight we had over whether black sun zenith was good or not (laughs) and i was all like i was like i will quit this tournament right now if you don't just put that into the deck he's like fine i'll put in this deck spoiler spoiler alert black sun zenith is really good (laughs) Um, come to find out, Black Sun Zenith won us the game <laughs> every single time. Not one time or two times, every single time. Uh, getting us, we didn't, okay, so we didn't get, no, did we get first? I don't think we got first. You, um, did, you we, got second then, because you were in yeah, the finals. Yeah, we got second. And we, like, whatever, we lost. But, like, just the, just the idea of knowing that I was, like, just believe in me. And he was, like, fine. <laughs> And we won that game. <laughs> it was just so good. And Skitherix, he just... Skitherix wins games. Just get him on the field. Tack twice, you're fine. Uh, it was just so good. That was... Uh, I remember you guys were on a tear. Oh, my word. I couldn't believe it. That was, that was cool to watch. I think I was in... I want to say I was in the same tournament, but then I dropped out way earlier. Yeah. But, yeah, that you guys you guys wrecked it, man. That, that reminds fun. me of my the, the recent pre-release I did for, um, for oh, jeez, what's the last set that came out? Uh, the Nicol Bolas Egypt set. Because um, I pulled um, Worship, uh-huh. <laughs> which is, like, Worship, which is, like, a $80 card now. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, like, Worship, you can't lose the game as long as you have a creature. And then my other draw was, like, a enchantment that gives me a worm every turn. So literally no one could do anything. It's like, <laughs> I can't kill you. You just make another creature. I was like, yeah. And he's like, and even then I still can't kill you because you can't lose the game until the end of your turn. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's it's great. so good. Oh, man. Worship is so good. Uh, 
I I got like second place in that pre-release. So that's and awesome. then like the last pre-release I did, I I, lost, I literally zero four. Oh no! Yeah, sometimes magic is a swing that way. No, <clears throat> uh, I just didn't get a good pull. Whatever. I'm not gonna complain. Okay, so what's your six? All right, so my number six. Um, okay, and it's fair to I want to say my six and seven. I could. Ugh, they were really hard to 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 place. They're practically the same. But um, my number six was Pandemic Legacy Season One. Um, Pandemic Legacy is if you uh, we've, I've talked about before on the show before, so it's basically like a story book story version of Pandemic. Um, so playing that with my friends and seeing the story that unfolded and all the crazy crap that the government did to us, man, they did a lot of crap to us. Uh, just how the game evolved and how much we we started hating cities. So like, you know, I I really want to go to Essen, you know, go to like the Essen um con for, con, but um but uh fuck Essen, <laughs> fuck Essen, fuck, in. fuck Essen, because uh we knew so that far. place. That place was awful. For it. that was a disease ridden place. Let me tell you. Oh, you looked <laughs> it in the game. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was it was really ironic how um one of the births of uh, modern board gaming was literally the death hive in our board game um but yeah that but it was it was just really fun the narratives that happened my my character dying oh my god just the unfortunate role of successes oh we, where we really tussled with okay are we actually gonna let this happen or are we gonna cheat and say it didn't happen because it was bad which we didn't we let it we let it happen because i knew like you know what this game i'm sure accounts for the shit to happen and there, i'm sure there's a way to for it to balance out and it did and we and we did really well i would say we won we we came with the second like when you score everything they tell you like a story of what happened uh based off your point range we got the second highest one so i think we did really darn we did really darn good so i'm proud of us um but yeah like we wanted to we all like we took pictures of the board we signed the board i still one of my ideas is to frame it one of these times because it just it was cool, like this entire story just unfolded and it just ended up being how our game turned out. And it was it was really, really fun. Um so if you ever get hands on Pandemic Legacy and three other friends, totally play it because it's a lot of fun. Side note, um I love Pandemic. I had some great experience with Pandemic. Pandemic Legacy season two though, the giant scratch board, that's amazing. Oh yeah. I'm super excited about it. yeah, Pandemic Legacy season two I am beyond excited about, so it's gonna be amazing. Okay, um, my number six is not a singular experience, but probably like a year-long experience. Okay. In high school, the DS came out, the Nintendo <laughs> DS, okay? Which is, I think, my favorite console of all time. My favorite system of all time? Yeah. Okay, Tetris DS is, one of, is literally one of my top five favorite games of all time. In high school, what we would do is, because you didn't have to use internet, you could do local, like, multiplayer, we would play from, like, different classrooms and, like, <laughs> land up eight people from across the school and play Tetris CS <laughs> That's all awesome. day, every day. It was the most fun I've ever had with the with the DS. And it was just, like, it was just easy. Just pop it open, play, create a group go crazy, play Tetris against people. Uh, I've never... Uh, it's just so fun. That's when I was like, this DS, DSs, they're the life. 
They're like this is this is the future. Yeah, DS. And then my DS broke. So oh, no. <laughs> yeah, then I got a pink one. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, Skyler, Skyler, like was there when my DS broke, and then bought me a pink one for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's as, cute. As like a half joke, like, haha, you have a DS and it's pink. And I was like, I love it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I love this. Uh, okay, so that was my number six. All right, my number five is the other one-player experience in my list. Um, I'll be shorter with it, but because it it spans three different games, but it is the Persona games. So I really just have it down here as Persona games emotional payoff. It's I really get invet oh like so in Valkyria Chronicles, I made my own narrative. I kind of like it's like I made my own narrative with the yeah. characters in that one. In Persona games, well, you do make your own story, like who you choose to hang out with. A lot of the story is on rails, to be fair. But I really did get attached to a lot of characters in every single game. Um, three, I really liked because it just the the massive world size scale of the entire story was very very cool. And even the ending, which I know some people are iffy about, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was very fitting. Um, the fourth game is probably one of my is one of my big favorites. Um, it's much more lighthearted, but there's also like this child, this child character that's like your little sister kind of, and that was really sweet. And then I was on an emotional roller coaster of events that happened in that game. Eh, it's just amazing. And then Persona Five, I've gushed, I've gushed about on this sh- on the podcast already. It's just insanely good, um, <laughs> and I I love it very much. It was a practically perfected JRPG, and in almost every single way. So. The Aww. Persona games just really, but they. I love that they pay off the time that you spend with your friends and the other people. It, it it directly translates into strength for your character, and at the and while it's now predictable in Persona games because it's literally what they do every time, the at the end of whatever major fight you're in, there's always this moment where you get you literally reflect upon all the bonds that you've made and you draw strength from everyone that you've achieved like a max rank from um in with your social links and it's and it, and then you create some ultimate power and you know deus ex machina it so it it's but the way it plays it off is just awesome and amazing and it just it's just there's great emotional payoff every time and yeah persona games though we get like one every like what 10 years now um, it still it still ranks up there as my first my favorite single player experiences. So number five, Persona games emotional payoff. Okay, my number five is almost the exact same thing, but a completely <laughs> different game. Fair enough. What is it? The the emotional payoff of the ending of Mass Effect Two. Oh oh, how did I forget Mass Effect? Oh, oh my god. So, oh. like, I, I didn't really play Mass Effect 1. Like, I did just to, like, get through it. But I wasn't really attached to the characters. Oh, really? So, like, was 2 out when you played 1? I played 1, like, the week before 2 came out. Oh, okay. So you played in preparation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when 2 came out, I became so obsessed with that world and all of those characters. It, like, they were literally, like, this ragtag group of aliens became, like, my second family. Like, <laughs> and then, like, everyone from, like, Grunt, uh, Grunt's the best, Garrus, 
Morden Solis, like just the like conversations with Morden as he's like singing opera. I'm like, you're the best, Morden. Um, <laughs> even the like the DLC characters were also really memorable. Like, oh yeah, they were that they were in two. That's right. Yeah, so like Kasumi Goto is my favorite character in the entire series, and she's just like a a nonchalant like DLC character, but like yeah. running around with her destroying priceless art was one of the best things ever. Yeah, that so, mission like, was really fun. So then at the end of Mass Effect 2, when I realized it's a suicide mission, I was really afraid. Because <laughs> I was like, I really don't want to finish this game, because I don't want to ruin what I have, and I don't want to lose anybody. Because, like, you can lose half your team the first part of that mission. Yep. Because, <laughs> like, if you don't get the shielding plates, the whole bottom half of the ship gets ripped off. That's half your team right there, including Tali. Tully, my future wife. Like, <laughs> I cannot let that happen. Um, anyway, I played it so perfectly, I did not lose a single person. I was so happy. <laughs> and then I'm talking to Carlos about, like, not losing every, every, anybody. And he oh, goes, that's... Carlos goes, wait, but I lost Rex. You mean I could save Rex? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Just like the heartbreak in his eyes, and I was just like, "Oh no!" I had to like give him a hug. Like I just felt so bad for him. I totally agree. I I mean, I think I saved everyone too. But man, you're right. That was oh, <clears throat> uh, just nerve wracking. And then I was like, and there's just like a mission where they're like, "Who's gonna go through these vents?" And I was like, "Tolly or this other person?" And I was like, "Tolly's the best person to do this." Oh really? I picked I... uh, I picked Legion. Yeah. Oh, I picked Tolly. Oh. She came out alive, thank God. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, she shows me her real face. Perfect. <laughs> I would not ever take that back. <laughs> uh, you're right. I completely forgot about the Mass Effect series. Oh. Oh, and I a... love, and I also love Mass Effect Three, except for the ending. You're right. Like... I was gonna say, I think my favorite was like playing through Mass Effect Three. Because like as I was playing it, I w- there was an amazing experience. It was an ending that just dropped everything. But as I was going through it, it was just huge. I mean, finding the uh, <laughs> I don't, did you have Ashley die in the first one? No. Okay, yeah. So Ashley died in my game, right? And I took uh-huh. Kaiden or something. Yeah. No, 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 no. I took Kaiden. Um, but then like in the beginning of Mass Effect Three, like I like I meet up with Ashley and she's all like. You're working with Cerberus. I may be racist, but I'm not that racist. And I was just like, oh, why would you do this? That was hilarious. I remember that, too. If you have Ashley die in the first game, they resurrect a statue in her honor for, uh, like, preserving peace between all races. Yeah, I know. Which is hilarious. The funniest thing. Uh, Oh, man. Mass Effect 2. Man, Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 was amazing. You're right. So good. I wish... I don't know if it would have made my top ten list, but it would definitely be an honorable mention. That was that's huge. Good point. Okay, what's your number four? All right, so my number four kind of falls on like your number. I want to say six or seven. Um, my number four was my first time at a Magic Grand Prix tournament. Um, and my first time when I went there, I went. I got to day two. Um, if you've ever been to a Magic tournament, you to get to day two, you typically have to have at least an X two record or higher. So um, I, I think I went two two after the fourth round, and there were nine total rounds. 
I went five straight wins. Oh my god. Round wins. I was ecstatic. And of course, the heartbreak of my opponent's eyes made it a little hard, but I was I was ecstatic because it was getting to day two is actually pretty hard in in a Grand Prix. So that was just an, like an affirmation moment for me. For me, it was like telling me like, "Wow, I'm actually fucking good at magic." Like I like at first like you know I'm like only okay, I'm not that great, but that it was doing that like I'm actually good at this game. I'm actually good, and that was like that was just a, such a cool moment for me. And I was I was by myself. Fortunately, I didn't have anyone I went with, but I was like jumping in the halls i was just oh so excited it just it was just this moment just let me feel like you know i've accomplished i felt like i've accomplished a lot and i felt like stuff paid off so that was it was a it was a cool thing to just like tell myself wow i'm actually i can actually say i'm 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 good at i'm really good at this game and i just proved it to myself so that was really cool so my, number four day two magic Grand okay my number four uh is halo 2 the first level, the fight of New Bombasa. <laughs> um, I was really I like Halo One was my first first person shooter, not my first 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 person shooter, but like the first game I got really addicted to, mm-hmm. um, multiplayer wise. So like when Halo Two came out, it was like, oh, we gotta get it right away. Xbox 360, let's do this. Um, oh man, that was like original to the xbox 360 that's how long ago that was jeez it doesn't even feel that long anyway (laughs) um but that whole first level of halo 2 was so unlike anything else i've done in gaming it was like you you crash in you're fighting all these aliens and then like at the end you're fighting a giant scorpion uh the the giant scarab and you have to like jump onto the ship and kill everybody to explode it (sighs) just so good and then like Halo 2 overall was such a great experience, especially the multiplayer, like like playing on Hang'em High or, um, <clears throat> oh man, Headlong. Oh, it's just so good. So many good experiences with that game, especially like online. That was like one of the first like games I played competitively online as well. Yeah. But the best part about new, that first level, though, is that you could break out to the outsides of the level. And that's what Bungie wanted because they hid special things outside the map, like the first skull, which is like, I would have been your mother. No, I would have been your father, right? <laughs> and you like, you find this skull after like breaking the game, and then all of a sudden, like all the aliens start talking to you, and you have to like fight your way out. <sighs> Just so such a great experience. I love Halo too. Awesome. I don't, unfortunately, I don't, that's not one I played, so I'll have to just take your word for it. But oh that, my that's god! Amazing. You've never played Halo Two? No, I haven't. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so you could dual wield SMGs. That's amazing, right? Yeah. But like hijacking a ghost? Oh my god! Like just like kicking the guy. Off. That is. There's fun. just so many experiences in that game that was just so amazing. It was so above and beyond anything I thought it was going to be. Very cool. Ooh, final three. This is exciting. Here we go. All right. Um, so my number three. My number three is back harkens back to my WoW days, and that's when my WoW guild first killed Nefarian. So I have ne- no idea what you just said. <laughs> that's all right. So <laughs> Nefarian was one of the bigger boss raid bosses in uh, vanilla WoW. So uh, and my guild was, I think, the second largest guild in our WoW server. Um. 
So it's it, unfortunately it's one of those things that you just have to take my word for it unless you've experienced this kind of thing before. But when you when you're with a when you're with a guild and you're at the first time you ever down a big boss or this one final like down the final raid boss, it's a really just really high moment because you just knew everyone worked really well. You could feel the tension as the as the health bar gets down and then everyone just gets so excited and screams over the inner uh, screams over the mics. Um, this is back, and this is back with forty man raid, so forty people doing this. Oh my um, god! It was, and I loved this raid a lot, but especially this final battle because it like it it had like three distinct phases to it. Everyone had to specifically know what to do. There was this one part where in the second phase, Nefarian would specifically call a class's like challenge a certain class of characters, like mages or warriors, and he would basically turn their own abilities against them, like warriors. Who switch between stances or typically spend almost the entire fight in their tank stance because they're the tanks get forced into their berserker stance, which is their offensive stance, and they so they still have the tank damage. Uh, mages, they get they get a debuff that causes them to randomly poly polymorph their team members. What? It, it's it, it's it's crazy. Like uh, warlocks summon their summon infernals to f that fight against them. So <laughs> it's crit like he does he and he like oh, I think ranged the hunters he breaks all their weapons immediately like it's crazy like he just like how he specifically called out each class and turns your turns one of your greatest strengths against you and it was it was just really really fun again I'm no I'm pretty they made like some harder raids now and more challenging ones but that one I particularly remember because I was with my guild the very first time we ever downed it and it was just it was a big high moment. And it's one of those reasons that I think people love MMOs and gilding and raiding. So that's a <laughs> wow with my wow guild. Uh, old shout out to TDA Dwarven Alliance. First time we killed Nefarian on the Nola server in Daggerspine. That sounds like a whole bunch of fantasy nonsense to me. It was, but it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, my number three is a recent, probably my most recent experience on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, it is painting with tilt brush on the HTC Vive. Oh, okay, interesting. So this fits under gaming. Yeah, it's the uh, it's it's the Vive. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's VR, whatever, <laughs> right? So like when I first put on the Vive, like VR wasn't like really my thing. Like cause I was like, uh, my eyes suck and blah 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 blah, and you know. Anyway. But when, like, I put on the Vive, and then Skyler's all like, you have to play this game, and puts on, like, Tilt Brush, and then I look at my hands in this game, and it's just, like, color swatches and paint tools, I literally sat there painting things for, like, five hours straight. They had to come get me and make sure I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, seeing the things that you're making in three like in virtual reality in 3d and you could like walk around them you're like you're making your own world and it was something i've never really experienced before like i paint in real life that's fine whatever this is way better than that <laughs> <laughs> and like i remember when like sky was like oh you could like input music and you could paint with music blew my mind i was like what and then, like, you're painting with the sound waves of the music you're playing, because as you walk closer, you can hear the sounds. It's just amazing. Just amazing. I spent, uh, like, hours painting a dragon flying in the air. 
that you could walk around and like touch. It was. I don't know. I could never like take that back. That made me understand why people are like pushing for VR. VR. Yeah, it does sound like a gimmick until you actually try it. I agree. So uh, that was my number three. Very awesome. That I've seen videos. It looks cool. I think it's it's got to be something you just have to experience. But that just looks amazing. I think they added a multiplayer mod where you could paint things with people. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so nice. All right, uh, number two. So my number two is a a tad general. It refers to two in particular, but um, my number two is land parties. Do you remember land parties, Peter? <laughs> I remember land parties. <laughs> Okay, so in this world of Steam and Xbox Live and PSN gaming and uh, using things like Discord and stuff like that, it's honestly, landing landing is just something that just doesn't happen anymore because it's just, it's a lot of work to bring your PC to a friend's house to play games when you can just as easily do it online. And that's fair and that's a good advancement. That's true. But Something is lost because when you go, when you took the time to bring your PC over to your friend's house and you were just local area network instead of playing online and you knew by, because by doing that, by bringing your entire build over, that was an investment of time and effort. And that means you were investing that night or that weekend into just pure gaming with your friends and you knew they were making the same investment because they put through the work too. So... There's knowing that you just had that week uh, weekend of just flat of just straight gaming nonsense is just and like late hours in the night wake up game some more oh my gosh I was I look forward to those like candy and there are only really two that I can really think of that I that I really remember doing now uh, my very first one was in college with some friends from um, that were in college at the time because I was still in high school. Yeah, uh, an old college friend. I went up and had some of his college friends. We played. We played like this Tron light cycle game, like an old school light cycle game. But it was pretty much the Tron light cycle. We played. We played Counter Strike, which never really liked Counter Strike much before. But that that time playing Counter Strike was awesome. I think we even played some D and like tabletop D and D too, and threw that in mm-hmm. there. It was like I, I had this epic moment in that Counter Strike game where it was hostages. It, we were, I was defending hostages. I shoved them all. I shoved all the hostages into a room, and everyone else on my team died. And I just had the starter pistol, so I shoved all the hostages in a room, and I positioned <laughs> myself behind a hostage, and then and pointing at the door. So when someone walked through the door, I shot through the hostage to kill two or three guys that came in through the door, and then I just ran out and tried to solo the last person, and I did so with the starter pistol, and I like went and I went one v four. I I am awful at Counter Strike. That was a pure stroke of luck and complete cheap ass camping tactics using my own dummies and uh, using my own um, what should we call it? Hostages as a meat shield because you can kill you can usually kill one without getting booted. So, um, oh that, my god, that happened. But it was still like, oh my god, I did that. But just the just it's so much fun. Games you wouldn't normally find fun were just amazing. And then the other one I remember. Involves you, Peter, when ev- we got everybody to come over to my old parents' house. Oh my god, that was that was, and that was like our friends like Kyle, Lopez, Carlos, Philip, Esteban, even like two groups of people that usually don't hang out with each other anymore. We all got together, and some like sometimes we don't even see eye to eye a lot. Like, uh, but that 
But we like all got in my my parents' big pretty big house, and we played like a bunch of. I, I think the main one I remember playing, we played a bunch of Halo. Oh my, like a bunch of custom games. Oh man, Halo so, Three was so good back then. So <laughs> much fun. I remembered we played the ju- when we played Juggernaut, and one so one person running around with a hammer and just says insane life. And we were playing it, and we just all were yelling in the same room, freaking out, like, Lopez is a juggernaut! Lopez is a juggernaut! And we were just, we were just like, Matt, we were just like, it was crazy how um, how excited and pumped up we got about it. It was just, that was just a, that was a great experience. Just like, that was like eight or so people. Oh, my word. I remember, Land like, parties, I just remember the, the fucking Cat 5 cables. I'm sorry. Oh, all the just Cat like, 5 cables just, like, threaded just, through your... Just, just threaded down like, stairwells. <laughs> it was like <laughs> dropping down the stairwell, and there's like one going over like the the second floor like balcony into your living room. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, so good. Just hanging there, stalking up a Mountain Dew and balls. B A W L S. Great drink. Just uh, unfortunately, it's 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 a relic of days gone past with the new with the advent of all the online gaming that's just so accessible. It's hard to justify it. But still, if you ever, if you ever tell me let's have a LAN party, I am down. I will totally bring pack up my PC or whatever, bring a TV, set it up, and we'll just play games in the same room. Cause it's not nothing is the same, and it's it's completely different to be in the same room with somebody and just yelling at each other in that room. It's just so much fun. It ugh, LAN parties, LAN parties were my number two. I have a funny LAN party story. Um. I work at Best Buy. Whatever. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> sometimes we hold game nights in the store where we would go to the back with all the giant ass, like, amazing TVs. And we'll literally land together all these Xbox Ones, which we just, you know, we'll just, like, we'll store use them, which means take them off the shelf and I'll just add it to the budget. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, we're like, we will play like off of like eight Xboxes, a LAN. This has happened like a year ago. A LAN of like Halo Four, and we're all playing Halo Four on all these giant curved Samsung TVs. And that was like, that reminded me of the good old days. <laughs> oh man. Uh okay, <clears throat> let's get into this. My number two is your D and D campaign, Vaughn. Yeah. All right. Here we okay. go specifically four parts of that D&D campaign. Okay. Okay. The first part is throwing Mike under the bus and getting him locked up in jail. I I can't believe you guys did that. I was aghast. I thought for sure you guys were going to break him out. You totally threw one in the bus. It was, okay, so like, Mike was having trouble, like, showing up to D&D anyway, but, like, it got to the point where he did something really stupid, which is just randomly kill some guy behind a bar. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. (laughs) We're in a very diplomatic city. The cops come. Blah, 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 blah. There's only one thing we can say. We don't know that dwarf. He just started killing people. Let's throw him in jail. Perfect example of just of a time when a DM just didn't realize what the party was gonna do. And like, you had all right, you were you were definitely it. not ready for us I was at all. Not ready for that at all. Uh, cut to the press conference we held the next day because we're all pretty famous. Where I was dressing up as different people in the audience, like asking, just egging on like questions from Kyle. <laughs> 
Okay. <sighs> okay. Number two was breaking Lopez out of jail. <laughs> well, the act of putting him in jail, framing him for murder, which is something this paladin Bahamut would never do. <laughs> and then, and then breaking him out of jail, <laughs> which involved me dive bombing on my griffin into a prison and then getting kicked off of my griffin by Kyle, who then rode my griffin into the prison. <laughs> Uh, only to find out that like Lopez's uh, cellmate was <laughs> was Mike. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Uh, but... Who held a grudge against us? That's fine. Okay, and becomes super all powerful all of a sudden. <laughs> My favorite part was in that story. Um, one of our friends had the deck of many things, and started letting people randomly draw crap on the deck of many things. Which, if you're not aware, in D and D. Let's you have can range from meh to really great things to really terrible things happen to you. Yeah. So he said, like, let's hey, you know, Mike, let's let's clear the air. Pick a card. And he just draws this card where he literally gets one item any item he wants. And he gets like the staff of seven parts. And then just says, Peace guys, I'm out of here. And became Mr. Arch villain. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Part three was our big final fight against Mike. Mike was like the thread throughout this campaign. Our big final fight against Mike. Lopez finds out he is the son of Bahamut. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Mike Mike, and... Uh, I think it was Mike who kills Bahamut, or like Tiamat did. I don't remember. Tiamat. Bahamut dies. It was Tiamat. It was sad. It was so sad. <sighs> that but was... we, finally, we finally kill Mike, and that was the best. That was one of my favorite... Like, I had that idea when I started the campaign a year, yeah. a year beforehand. So I was... You could not believe how how much it took for me to hold that in secret, how that, that plot thread in that I've been holding on to for a year. Like, I was, I was so excited for you guys to find out that I I set it up like he was his son. Because originally what happened was we played this campaign before where Lopez had the same character, and he got killed by Angels of Bahamut, which didn't really make sense. So then I wrote it as he was then brought to another world, and that didn't have Bahamut as a god. And Bahamut then... So I rewrote it as Bahamut saved his son and brought him to another world for safekeeping that didn't know his name, but in doing so, endangered the world and opened it to Tiamat, therefore disgracing his honor, which caused him to lose his god status of being immortal, and then Tiamat killed him. Like, oh, so good. Just so heartbreaking. That was... That was my goal. I'm and, glad it paid off. Oh. And then it was just such an emotional impact. And then we're like, guys, we have to go kill Bahamut. We have to go kill Tiamat. And the final battle against Tiamat was so amazing. Just like all of us coming together using all of our powers. Winston, what's it? Winston? Um, <laughs> stealing, literally stealing the Shroud of Immortality off of Tiamat. That's how good a thief he was. He stole immortality from a god. That was so great, because Kyle was all like, can I steal immortality from him? We're like, um, you could try? Nat 20. <laughs> I well, guess you I mean, I think it's perfect, because Tiamat literally is the god, is the dra dragon god of, like, greed. And so it makes perfect sense that he'd be susceptible to something being stolen from him. Like, it's just, oh. It was great. It was, and then, and then, of course, 
because of the Destiny path, because this is D and D fourth edition, which is and eh, to be honest, but still, yeah. Um, it, but it's so the Destiny path of um Lopez was um so what Scion or something of Bahamut. So he became Bahamut in the middle of that fight and was big dragon on dragon fight, like a, like the new Bahamut, and that was oh, that was awesome. It was so good. It it, it, it loosely inspired my D and D campaign I threw, where I incorporated like the future of our characters. I told you all this one. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, where like Kyle, who is now immortal, uh, immortal, slowly gets tainted by Tiamat's soul, <laughs> and then like the war starts over again. Oh my god! It I think every, I think everyone had such a great epilogue. Like I mean, like oh, remember Harper's character was like chose a path of destruct like. Of just destruction follows her, so I made her epilogue. She actually cleansed that old world yeah. that she was in, and became it became the world of Dark Sun. And then, um, what should we call it? Courtney's character, uh, like giving up oh, her life God. to cleanse the morning. Uh, that was heartbreaking. Uh, that that was another thing, though. Courtney's character and Lopez's character, their marriage, something I just never planned on because I set up. I set up this part where I gave basically gave these gave these fools a kingdom. I gave them an entire country. I don't know why. Told them to decide who, who to rule it. I was like, oh, this will be fun. Figure out who they want to rule it. And it's, I think Lopez would be the right choice, but let's see how they do this. So what do they do? They decide for a a union between Lopez's character, just stalwart good, and Courtney's character, who just is way, was way more rational. Used to be the healer that charged people for heals. <laughs> <laughs> And she, so, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this wedding because, <laughs> okay. So my character was good at like forging documents and James's character was good as, at talking me into anything. So he convinced my character to forge the wedding documents in case, in case anything went like wrong. <laughs> like we had to like, Oh, this marriage was illegal. We never owned this country. Let's get out of Dodge. <laughs> Except for I failed that role. <laughs> And it's, it's, I didn't want to do it, but I was convinced to do it. I failed the role. And then, like, the pa like, <laughs> James backstabbed me and was all like, hey, these papers are fake in the middle of the wedding, ruining the wedding. <laughs> to this day, I see Courtney and she goes, fuck you, you ruined my wedding. <laughs> Courtney went through this great, oh my god, I love Courtney. She went through this great part where at the end of our campaign, she literally made letters to everybody like from her character to all the other characters since she knew she was going to die like farewell letters and so like really heartfelt especially really heartfelt one to lopez's character who was his her husband in an arranged marriage that she actually didn't care about but the, the letter to peter was <laughs> why would you ever ruin my a half link's the greatest day of their life i hate those i hate you but you are a good friend to lopez i can't I can't really hate. I can't hate you that much. But still, why did you ruin my way? <laughs> and it's like, and like I still yell at James. I'll be like, why would you, why would you do that to me? And he's like, eh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that just was so good. good. There's that so many good a, things. I'm glad. I think that campaign was perfectly spaced for a year. I'm glad because I didn't want to keep going on and never end. Like. I know some campaigns did, so I always intended it for just the year. But not, but not doing that since we only met once a week. I know I expedite, we expedited the XP gain a lot. Um, and there are definitely things I did wrong in it, and I know, and I probably I should have done better as far as like the actual like 
bookkeeping and like making sure controlling what experience they got because you'd like for example they were running they were running wild with money you guys are running wild with cash um <laughs> i remember when you took all of her money away and sarah got so oh my word i didn't want to bring that up that was that's probably one of my horrible experiences um, uh, that was so bad uh, but anyway. uh, but Sarah, but but like just the, that accomplishment and i knew it was just it ended up being this cool story that everyone really enjoyed it just Oh, it was so much fun for me to do, and I've I've never done I've never DM'd before. Like I did like a DM like a small thing, but nothing ever to that scale, and just so satisfied. Like part of me actually has considered like trying to recall the events of the campaign and actually like turning it into a book. Like that much. Like that's how much I enjoyed it. It's so good. It was that was fun. So cool. It's so hard for me not to write some of our characters into my current Eberron game I'm, I'm DMing. <laughs> it's like a whole different group of people from like that other campaign, but it's like, man, wouldn't it be like funny if like they overheard something about Danzig? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Who became the new god of the war lo- Warforge, so. Oh my god. Uh, so funny. Uh, yeah, but uh, man, so good. Um, okay, Vaughn, what is your number one? Alright, so my number one Kind of started with a con. I'm going to end with a con. My number one is PAX 2015. I hate um, <laughs> PAX was just this super cool experience that I'd always wanted to go through, go to my entire life. And just, I finally was able to go with my friend Philip. And just, it was so much fun. It's it's honestly a blur. Like what we did and, every, and everything that like transpired that time. But like going to the panel, just walking the rooms. Doing like I did my first Mega game there. Uh, we watched Will Wheaton like announce new Zendikar sets and stuff. Um, ah, it was just so so good. It was so cool, and it's just one of those things that I planned it to be those one this once in a lifetime thing to do, and I was just so excited to do it. And when I was done, when we landed back in um, in Florida, and mind you, I'm I'm scared of I'm I'm definitely afraid of flying. So getting me on a plane to do something like that was also took a lot, but when we finally landed, like, got home, like, I know I said I wanted to do this. I told, turned to Phillips, like, I know I said we wanted to do this one time, but I want to do this again. I need to do this again someday. And it's like, oh, totally. It's like one, I don't know when. It'll be a while because it's still, it costs a lot of money. And it, so it's not something I can do every year like some people do. But well, maybe we'll go to Dragon Con. Dragon Con's another huge gaming convention. I don't know. I just, but PAX, it's just, oh, PAX. I just, I loved it. I loved it so so much. I can't. It's just such a. It was a high point of my life. I'm. So, I was so so much fun to go to. Really enjoyed it. I would. I just. I would love to go again. I just know that it's gonna be a while. But I'm looking forward to the day I can go back to PAX. So my number one gaming experience is PAX Prime 2015. The last time it was called PAX Prime, mind you. I think after that they called it PAX West. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number one gaming experience is Rock Band 2. Ooh, okay. Okay. Rockman 2, I sunk so many hours into that game. With everybody, like you and everybody. It was just like the oh, yeah, we perfect game the just to pick up and play, right? Mm-hmm. But specifically, my top gaming experience, it's also my top heartbreaking gaming experience. <laughs> One day, me, Lopez, uh, our friend Gary and Tom decided to play the Rock Band 2 Ultimate Playlist. <clears throat> the Ultimate Playlist is every single song in the game oh, in a God. row. 
So we're like, okay, let's do this. So we started in the morning. Five hours later, we're still playing. We had to take a break, like just pause the game, whatever. We're all playing on expert, and we're all like switching instruments because like I can't play drums for like ten hours straight. Oh That's yeah, not no possible. way. There's no. no way. Hour five, right? We get in. We're like, we are like, we're ha we have to be at the end of this playlist, right? No, there's like seventy songs in this game. <laughs> we're only at song fifty. Let's just keep on going. Um, finally, we get to Highway Star, which is like the main song in Rock Band Two. Uh huh. And so it's the final song in the game. The song's like 10 minutes long. So we're playing the game. We keep on failing because we're just so tired and the song is so <laughs> hard. And then finally, like, there's even points where, like, Lopez is like, I give up. And, like, I had to, like, slap him. And, like, we have to do this. <laughs> there's no turning back. It's one of those, like, times with a miracle speech. <laughs> it's like, I need you to hang in there. <laughs> Tom's, like, singing, but he's, like, laying on the ground half asleep. <laughs> Gary just gave up, and, like, Logan, his brother, took over for him. Like, oh. We're like, we are doing this. So we, we finally pass, like, the, the the guitar solo, which is, like, super hard. <laughs> yep. We get past the guitar solo. We're at the end of the song. So it's like, I'm a highway star, <laughs> right? And as it goes star, the Xbox overheats and shuts off. <laughs> <laughs> We were just sitting there in silence, still strumming the notes, because we played the song enough to know which notes <laughs> continue, so I'm still hitting the drums as if we're still playing. I look over to Lopez, and he's just, like, strumming, and then slowly just, like, drops the guitar from his hands, and then I literally start crying. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, this can't be it. Like, we were at the end. We were right at the part where you, like, hit all the buns really fast and the song. Oh, the big oh, I was no. just like, I was just like, this cannot be how this day ends. <laughs> Gary to sleep. I think Logan throws the, like, the bass. And we just sat there in silence. For like 30 minutes. <laughs> this is your top gaming <laughs> In the end, it was still worth it. <laughs> oh my like, God. we may not have actually beat that playlist. We may not have that super awesome Xbox achievement. But we finished that song. Like, we did something that probably not a ton of people would ever actually go through because it's so long. But like... To get, <laughs> to get four people to do that for so long, for the one goal of just like, let's just do this. <sighs> that does sound like a good time. Oh, it, it was a good time, followed by a sad time. <laughs> <laughs> but I can still like talk about that to this day. Ugh. That's that's really cool. Sweet. <sighs> Man. That was the worst and the best. <laughs> the worst and best. I like it. All right. Okay. Those are our top ten gaming experiences. Um, if you if there are those of you that like to email us, tell us yours. That'd be fun. I yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like to hear what you guys. Think. <clears throat> the email favorite? is Peter versus spelled out Peter podcast at gmail dot com. Cool. 
Yeah, please send us messages and let us know what you thought of our list and if you have others. I should okay, hold on. I want to hit my really quickly my honorable mentions. Oh, I have some shit. honorable mentions. And, too. And they're, they're, I'm just gonna say them. Um, okay. First time stories module, really fun. Okay. Um, I play a Smash Brothers tournament at a convention and I was awful, but it was really cool to play in this big room and then like when someone got the hammer, people were cheering the hammer and it was just <laughs> it was really funny. Like it was just really cool how the energy in there, even though I sucked. But anyways, um. First time we killed Oryx, we did the Oryx raid blind in uh, Destiny. That was really fun. To oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, first escape room, I mentioned that earlier. That escape rooms are awesome. Um, uh, one this time I did, I went to a gaming, I went to a gaming store every night and we played uh, the Star Wars RPG. And mm-hmm. there was this one big night where it's literally table versus table. Like a table of like Jedi, and then I was on the table of Mandalorians, and oh, that's awesome. literally one of our Mandalorian captains like yelled for Mandalore and almost destroyed the entire table of Jedi with a kamikaze attack. It was uh, glorious. Um, Twilight Imperium, flat out playing Twilight Imperium games. Twilight Imperium yeah, games remember amazing. that one time I won, even yep. though I hated that game. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't want to play I've this. I've never won, Peter. So good for you. <laughs> it was like my first time playing, and I won. I was like, nice. yay. Um, oh, do you remember this one? Playing Paranoia at Megacon. Oh my god, Paranoia at Megacon. That was so much fun. I don't think they've ever done it right ever since then, but that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you were there for this. I literally have down here, Estevan getting screwed by Philip in Dead of Winter. I was not there for that. Okay, so this the long story short, in Dead of Winter, everyone has... It's a semi-cooperative game, so everyone has these personal goals you have to meet in addition to the main objective goal. So we all have to do the main objective goal to win, and then... You have to have the personal goal to complete it to also win. Um, and there's a potential of a traitor who wants the main goal to fail and do have this their own goal too. Philip was not a traitor. Um, <laughs> but his his goal was very traitor-like. It was like masochist or something like that. Or martyr. And I think he had to have somebody die. Or like two or three people had to die at some point. Oh, in the game. no. Like two characters needed to die. And you you manage three or four people. So usually. So it's not like you're eliminating people from the game. But you're like. But you know. you Three or four people needed to have died throughout the course of the game for him to have succeeded. At the end. At the last turn of the game. He had. So he wore down to like two. He needs a third one. The uh, unfortunately, the only person he could possibly kill is one of Esteban's characters. He just lets it overrun and has Esteban's character die. Esteban's secret goal was to have one person end the game with two books in their possession. Guess this person <gasps> Oh, died. no. <laughs> it was unbelievable. He was so pissed, but we still we laugh at it to this day because there's this joke where Philip is always a traitor and back and to backstab us. But What's great about this moment is that he wasn't the traitor. He had no way. He had zero way of knowing that he was going to screw over Esteban. He would not have screwed over. Even though it ends to, happens to happen in their friendship, he totally would have not done that on purpose to him. But the oh, fact no. that that's literally how it had to play, it was the only way for him to do win. And how it's how it played out for Esteban. Like, fate let Philip screw over Esteban. Hilarious. Hilarious. I didn't win either, but hilarious. Um, next one, opening mechs versus minions, because that game is ridiculous. So opening and looking at all the pieces that Riot put that board game was insane. And then mm-hmm. um, my last one here, Peter, uh, five-man EDH game, hard top deck to stop Peter from winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, literally, we're just, I forget what it was, but you had some card that was going to win the game on your turn, 
And the only way to get rid of it was permanent removal. Remove target permanent. And I'm the only... I'm like, okay. It was like I told... Esther wanted to do something to give me a chance to let the game go on so I had an extra turn. So it got on around to me. It was like, oh, I have a card in here that'll be... Oh, you have in your head? Nope. So you're just gonna... In an EDH game where there's only one copy in a 100-card deck, like, there's only one card I can think of, Karn, which has a... Uh, the Plateswalker, which has a power to destroy... Uh, remove target permanent from the game. So I have only one shot at it. Like, yeah! Top deck. Card. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't... Fucking believe it! Oh that's my a, god, I did also, not win either. I think that's even... also on my honorable mentions. Does it really? <laughs> <laughs> you have still won, I think, or something. But that was oh, hilarious. Oh my god! I think I infinitely turned myself out after that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, because I was playing my uh my artifact deck. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why it's just that was just hilarious how we were able. Like I could not believe this is the top deck of the century. That's great. Okay, let me go through my honorable mentions. I don't have that many. Um, uh, getting second place in the Florida Munchkin Championships. That was oh, great. Oh, nice. Uh, Skyrim slaying my first dragon. That oh, was amazing. very cool. Uh, Transistor, the opera scene in Transistor. Oh, that game is so good. Everybody <laughs> should play that game. Um, uh, beating the final heist in GTA Online for the first time. <laughs> That was oh, amazing. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, cause I don't. Have you played the heist in GTA Online? I haven't. No. You have to. You rob a bank. So the robbing a bank takes forever, right? But then you get on these motorcycles, and because the map on GTA is really big, you have to go from downtown Los Santos all the way to the other side of the island. It takes forever on motorcycles while carrying duffel bags of cash, while all of the police are chasing you, and then it ends with you like driving your motorcycle up a mountain off of a cliff and then parachuting into a into a boat holy sh holy crap that was that's, like that the sounds best. In fucking insane <clears throat> um building my first edh deck oh that was great um winning a 2v2 tournament with lopez in halo 3 at exp con oh yeah that was great um and my last one was a tabletop game deadlands um, we played Deadlands twice, like within a couple years. My first character was like a Southern Baptist preacher. <laughs> um, yeah. so great. Like he was the best character. Um, we kind of like stopped that game, but then we picked it up again and I played the same character. And then like, cause my whole point of my character was like, I just need to get home to my family. Uh, uh -huh. so my character finally gets home to his family. And then just by sheer luck, he dies that same campaign. Oh no. But he dies with his family. So it wasn't like. It wasn't super tragic. But it wasn't super tragic, but it was like he didn't die. He was just bittersweet. Like, bittersweet. Yeah, it was bittersweet. He didn't technically didn't die, but I couldn't play him anymore. Oh no, because uh, in Deadlands you get phobias, and then like something so horrific happened that like I failed all my will saves, and I got like all these phobias. So pretty much I was just like confined to my house from now on. But at least I was with my family. Uh, and that's it. Those were my, those were my top gaming experiences. <laughs> so yeah, this this is fun. Um, definitely went long. Really quickly, I want to give my recommendations. Um, and I'll try to be as fast as possible. Um, Re recommendations? You have more than one? Just a one board game, one video game. Um, oh, okay. board game. Century Spice Road. Um, scratches a lot of the same itches that Splendor does. 
it it has some like actual like deck building elements and it sounds really boring at first where you're basically trading cubes for other cubes and turning in cubes for points yeah that sounds but it's re it's actually really really fun um how just how the game works you just one of those games you have to play to understand how smooth it works and it's, it's great um if you get a chance to pick up Century Spice Road, and actually, I think they're coming out with, Cent with Century Golem Edition, which is literally the same game, but instead of trading spices, it's like golems and gems, but it's the same game, just in a different skin. So if, oh, that's that, funny. if that's more your fancy, go ahead and grab that when it comes out, but try that out. It's really fun. Um, Very good strategy Euro game. Uh, It doesn't take a long time at all. Uh, Played it a lot. Um, And then video game. For under 20 bucks, please, please, people, play Pyre. Pyre is so good. I beat it last. I beat it like two nights ago. Pyre oh, is so good. You mean Pyre by Supergiant Games, the creator of Transistor, the game, the game I'm Bastion? telling everybody to say? Yes. Yeah. This this game is so different from their other games too. So they took a big risk, and I think it, it just paid off. And they deserve a lot of praise for taking a big risk like this. Because this game is kind of like a sports game under a fantasy story theme, which is weird. Cause like the games play out, the the like the the mystical sports matches play out kind of like NBA Jam, which is sounds really weird, but it's actually pretty strategic and it's really fun. The only recommendation I might make is if you play it, you might once you get the handle of it, of it, you might want to crank up the difficulty to hard because the AI is a little easy up until the point where you can do modifiers and make it more difficult for more experience mm -hmm. but so you you might if you find a game too simple don't hesitate to crank it up the difficulty up a bit but you could like but you, they're like these mystical sport matches that you could even lose and when you lose them it's still part of the story and it works out and it's just it's really really cool and you get invested in all the characters and it's really fun i 20 hour campaign for like 20 bucks i but i burned through it i, I played it a whole lot. I haven't played a lot of League the past week because I've been playing Pyre. And oh, that's good. I, I want more people. I want more people to talk about Pyre with. It's it's one of those games I don't think got a lot of hype. It it, it wasn't. It didn't get a lot of notice going in because uh, it recently came out in the past two or three weeks. But um, it needs it because it's so good. PC and PS4. Uh, I had a Pyre. I had Pyre on my list since I saw the trailer last year. Oh my god, get it and play and talk about it with me. It's so good. Uh, I'm I'm on a no buying video games until I move into my apartment next week. So <laughs> I cannot I cannot buy anything that will distract me from packing. Damn it. <laughs> All right, fine. But as soon but as I do? as soon as I get my cuz I'm going to have an office. As soon as I get my office up and running, I will do that. Um Okay, so my recommendation this week is also a new video game that came out within the last uh, four weeks. It is called Tacoma. It is the second game by the people who made um, Gone Home. I don't know if oh, you played shoot. Gone Home. Oh, 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 did you not know this came out? No, uh, I loved Gone Home. <clears throat> so Tacoma is a storytelling game where you are tasked with figuring out what happened on a space station the week before. Um, so everything plays out in in the game in uh vr where like you enter a room and like this the space station recorded everybody's movements and conversations right so you will enter in like a section of the of the space station and then you will turn on the vr and then the ai in the space station will like recreate every 
like a scene of the people who lived on the space station and they're like walking around and talking but in order to get like the full story you have to like follow them around from room to room or um if they open up like their computer you'd have to like pause and then go into their computer to see like their emails and stuff so like you're slowly building out a story of what happened to these people uh on the space station um it's kind of short it's under 10 hours but it's like a really good experience i haven't beat it yet but so far i'm really really enjoying it um and all the people they're like all the people are vastly different there's six of them um and you don't actually see what they look like because it's like wireframes um but like they're all color coordinated but like from just like understanding them you really get a like a handle of who these people are Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I really like Gone Home. I'm gonna have to. I really gotta pick this up then too. It's Tacoma. really good. Yeah, Tacoma. Okay, that's it. Okay, so like always, um, follow us on Twitter. I I tweet some things. I need to tweet more. I'm more active on my main account. Um, and the Twitter accounts is at Peter Versus. Um, we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play now. I think. Cool. Yeah, Google Play now, uh, and iTunes. Um. Not Spotify. Why did I say Spotify? No, Stitcher. 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 That's it. Yeah, Stitcher. And if you have any emails uh, or like questions for us, go and email us at Peter versus Peter podcast at gmail.com. Oh, no, it's Peter vs. Peter podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I need to change your <laughs> email address. Um, <laughs> no, that's it. You got anything else, Vaughn? No. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um. Hopefully we'll see you guys pretty soon. Uh, new topic, new debate. Looking forward to it. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, good night. <laughs> All right, night guys. Take care. Thanks for listening.